0: Johnny Summers, I have just left the theater after seeing, nope, I'm feeling very creepy. I've seen a lot of alien interaction. I'm looking to grab a beer at a reasonable price. Where could I go? Well, I got exactly
1: what you need to take the edge off that anxiety, my friend. You're going to head down to the Handlebar right here in Chico, California for their amazing happy hour, seven days a week. From 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get some money off some craft beers. You're going to get half off whole bottles of wine, which is madness along with their excellent food menu, a newly remodeled patio, a child-friendly environment, lots of TVs, lots of good people. It's everything you need to take your mind off that scary,
0: suspenseful movie you just watched. Okay, so just to reiterate, that's The Handlebar. At 2070 East 20th Street, seven days a week, I get a dollar off draft beers and all sorts of other cool opportunities. They've got everything you need. All right, buddy, I'm headed there now. I encourage everybody else to do the same. Here's the episode. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast and sometimes radio show based out of Chico, California, discussing the worlds of craft beer and film. I am Max Minardi. Johnny Summers here. What's happening? This week on the show, our review of Nope. It's the third film from director Jordan Peele and stars Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer as siblings who, after the death of their father, are left to handle the family horse ranch in Southern California while trying to determine the cause of increasingly frequent rolling blackouts and the unusual behavior of their horses. In true Peele fashion, the film is equal parts horror and comedy and threads the needle just precisely enough between reality and fiction to give the same sort of surrealism that, at least I, have come to expect after films of his, Get Out, and Us.
1: Past, right. And beers this week are from an old friend of a brewery called Timber Ales out of New Haven, Connecticut. We've done them before and we're excited to revisit them. We're doing two big old stouts, one called For Everett and the
0: second called Lumberjack Style. That's right. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, number one, we hope you're having an awesome Thursday evening. I do hate to make it worse, but I have to tell you, unfortunately, you're not going to be hearing our episode today in its entirety. You're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler free portion of our discussion of Nope.
1: Yeah, man. But if they want to hear the whole thing with spoilers for Nope, review of that second beer lumberjack style and the incomparable ever exhilarating hot and bothered segment, where in this wide world would they go?
0: Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Apple Podcasts, et cetera. Anywhere you can find podcasts, basically. New episodes release every Friday morning at 7 a.m. And if you like the show, please do feel free to leave us a five-star rating or if you're feeling wordy, a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know you did.
1: That's right. For all your social media needs, find the show on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Letterboxd for film reviews and Untapped for beer reviews, all at freshhopcinema or our amazing website made by our own Max Bernardi, Ayo. freshhopcinema.com. Patreon. It's important. It's the best website known to man, basically. Man and woman. Yes. To to human animal. (laughs) <laughs> and animal. Dogs love us. We're big in the, the Siamese cat demographic. Of course. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's where you can get even more of us in your ears for your entertainment pleasure. We do weekly episodes. This week, we just reviewed a beer that was sent to us by our friends at Dust Bowl Brewing out mm-hmm. of Modesto. Uh, Turlock. Turlock. My bad. It's all right, I'm the information of this thing. Yes, you're the brains. We all know this. Uh, so, yeah, we reviewed that. You know, we review classic movies, new movies, lots of stuff on filmmaking basically whatever we feel like doing. It's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. It's yeah. it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun to record. We th- hope it's fun to listen to. Also, you're going to get first shot at any merch runs we do, as well as invites to the most exclusive and swanky
0: parties that Chico oh, has ever seen. That's my segue right there. Wait, what's the website for people that want to join? Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. Okay, into Patreon housekeeping. A couple things, and it was too easy a segue. We do have um our our first in a long time annual sort of bottle share event that is sparklegasm at this point this if you listen to this episode the day it releases sparklegasm is tomorrow see you tomorrow guys yeah and uh, the, the gist of sparklegasm for those of you um unfortunate enough to not be there is we're having a big bottle share and it's so dang hot here in chico that we just thought instead of doing like big old stouts like we've done in the past or like we're gonna do on today's episode we're just gonna drink craft seltzers Johnny and I decided we're just going to get a bunch of different seltzers we've never had, provide them to our loyal Patreon family, and drink them and eat some food and be silly and catch up with each other because it's been a long time.
1: That's it, man. I mean, so much of the whole reason we do all this is because we like drinking beer. We like talking about movies. Yeah. And we like drinking seltzer. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll
0: admit it. I, I'm I'm there's fine no, with I feel it. like we need to get to a point where we're past the shame. of it. Like, I don't even seltzer. like. I don't even think I have to say like. I'll admit it. Like I'm just yeah. No, I like seltzer, dude. I was at pff, minor tangent, but I popped by the union because a friend's band was playing, mm-hmm. and some old jerk of a man was sitting at the bar, like talking about very like crude stuff, like very sexual crude stuff about. Like a woman he was with, next to that woman talking over her to this guy that was across the bar. Oh, good. Like really, just like really irreverent, like disrespectful, horrible, whatever. Fine. Mm-hmm. And everybody around the bar is like, he's getting louder and louder, just being disgusting. I'm there for like thirty seconds, and then I order a white claw from the bartender, which is the first thing that this guy has broken his distraction. With. He turns to me and goes, Did "You say white claw?" I say, "Yeah, I said white claw." And then he like, I looked him in the eye when I said it, and like he kind of backed down for some reason. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> was like grumpy, like you gotta walk away to some kind of like queer like. That was yeah. a look in his eyes you know he wanted to say and something i was like it's so good dude yeah what's your issue i'm like okay you enjoy your third cup of whiskey and the fight you're <laughs> and your in fourth later and your fourth cup of misogyny life you jerk of a man honestly the point is i think we should just be able to say like yeah white clothes good i dig it
1: yeah it's fine and we're gonna be doing a bunch that we've never had super stoked right. for that and hanging out with some new patrons a lot of patrons this is our first event totally and if you're hearing this and you're like Good God, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. If you're hearing this on Friday. No, and dude. You join on Friday. Oh God. <laughs> that's a that's a loophole. I There's loopholes in this. Yeah. Hey, you wanna bump those numbers up? The Patreon numbers are through the roof, but we wanna to go to the moon. And okay. we want you there if you're not in Patreon.
0: That's true. I, again, if we didn't talk about this a moment ago, but, but the details to get into Patreon, like you can spend a, a dollar a week. Don't basically. say that. No,
1: you have to spend at least yeah, five okay. bucks. At least, at yeah, least if you're yeah, gonna, five bucks a week. If you're going to join to just come to the party, there's going to be a cover charge. Yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, but it's super easy to sign up. Um, <laughs> the last
0: bit of housekeeping is that we, for a couple weeks now, have teased a review of the 1991 or maybe 86. I don't know why I have both I don't in my hand. Top uh, Gun
1: was 86. You're right.
0: So it's 91, I think. True Romance. Yep. It's a film that was suggested to us by a relatively new page from britney and i told britney i was like yeah we're gonna do it and then we had to take last week off because my schedule was crazy so we haven't had a chance to do it and we're, we're not we didn't get a chance to record it today because we got that new beer from dust bowl mm-hmm. so true romance is on the horizon hopefully in a number of ways for for people in life but certainly our say, review of the movie what a romantic sentiment um but it's not not this day that's fine true romance will live to be re- sure. to review it another day um that's all i have on patreon do you have anything else that i didn't cover
1: uh, no, I think we're there. Looking forward to seeing all of your faces in Patreon this Saturday.
0: Okay, Johnny Summers housekeeping out of the way. Let's get into beers. You said something earlier. You said um, that we, the gist of what you said is that we uh, have covered this brewery before. So remind me of the brewery. Remind me where they are from. And then tell me about the first beer,
1: please. Yeah. So they're out of New Haven, Connecticut. Again, they're called Timber Ales. Uh, and we reviewed them in episode 181. 188. I think. 188.
0: I forgot to write it down. Oh, sorry, I got you. Smart. Uh, when we covered... Um, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking of, of ending endings, things. Dark time. Yeah. That was, that was September, 2020. Yeah. I feel like we'd settled into the pandemic. We watched a movie about a guy committing suicide basically in real time. Uh-huh. Great movie. And
1: we drank a beer called Chasing Shadows. Which was
0: surprisingly great. Sticking with the
1: dark themes, but also, yes, a massively... Highly rated beer from from Timber Ales. It was mm. a nine two from me and a nine from Max. So needless to say, we're really excited to get back into these beers. The first one, keeping with the theme of untimely loss, unfortunately, is a uh. beer dedicated to the brewery dog. Everett.
0: Yeah. Is that who we're assuming Everett was like a brewery sort of dog? It's gotta be. There's not a lot of info. The Um, brewery
1: just says for our pup
0: Everett. Yeah. And I'm going to harp on Tim Brails a little bit because we couldn't find a website, which feels insane. Right, Saying that out loud, I'm like, maybe we did something wrong, but we both looked, didn't see a website. We found like an Instagram and of course an untapped profile and nothing specifically about this lovely pup who is painted in in indulgent, loving, almost watercolor on this Mm -hmm. can. Um, But I don't know. Aside from saying the beer is called for Everett, and what you just said, like I just think it's about a dog that passed away.
1: Yeah. it's very sad. Yeah, write your own story, I guess. But sure. uh, I'd love to hear the whole story. Maybe we'll email them and see if we can get to the bottom of it because Deal. we're both animal lovers. Sure. I'd love to know. All that being said, love a beer dedicated to a lost pet. That's mm-hmm. a great reason to name a beer something. For Everett is a 12% Imperial Stout brewed to celebrate our pup Everett, like I said. This Imperial Stout has been conditioned on vanilla beans, coffee, and roasted peanuts before being canned for your enjoyment. We hope
0: you have a can alongside your pup. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, I just tried it. And not only was the sentiment you just uh, said sweet, the beer is also quite sweet, my friend. And it might be too sweet for you. I'm not sure yet. But there's definitely a lot of roastiness, a lot of nuttiness, and quite a bit of vanilla. We've had this out of our little fridge for um, maybe 10 minutes. So it's still pretty chilly. It's not quite warmed up to ideal stout drinking temperature, I don't think. But... Even as cold as it is, there's a ton of flavor coming mm-hmm. through. What do you are you enjoying what you're getting? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. A lot. It's so smooth. All these things are blending together like this velvet caress for my mouth. Love that term. Man, of it is. It's so smooth. I like it at this temperature because it's not fridge temp, but it's not so
0: for room temp.
1: So yeah, we usually. Yeah. I like them at room temp. But do you, I, do you really? I room do. Temperature. I do. Like if I'm gonna drink a stout, I'll get it out of the fridge like an hour before I drink it. But this is a nice level. This is probably 55 to 60 degrees well, I would like a guess. a standard fridge? Standard fridge. Like you, I have my fridge set at home to like 38. Four, a 38 that yeah. low. Okay. Um but yeah, between 38 and like 42 is standard okay, cool. like you want to keep things that need to like that aren't pasteurized mm-hmm. under 42 degrees. Okay. Um kombucha for example has to stay under 42 sure. in order to not spoil. So yeah, I love the temperature that it's at. It's not quite cold, but it's not quite warm. It's this beautiful in between and it's gonna just blossom as it warms up. But I'm getting a lot of vanilla and chocolate. That's the first yeah. impression I yeah. get. And it's just like swirling around, almost like a mm-hmm. like a milkshake type thing happening in the smoothness. Yeah. Luckily not in the lactose. Nice. But in the smoothness and a subtle hint of that nuttiness. It really reminds me of a, a drumstick bar where there's the nuts. Like a cream? Yeah. Drumstick? Remember the drumstick bars with blazing bar. I'm sorry, it's a, cone, a, a yeah. drumstick cone. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, you I eating? don't ever eat them anymore because oh, they can't. Yeah. But the drumstick. Yeah. So it's got the the chocolate and the nuts on the outside and vanilla yeah. on the inside. It the flavor
0: profile is really reminding me of that. Dude, there is also, I mean, if you had eaten that drumstick bar down a little bit further, you'd get to the the waffle cone portion, which I also think there's some of that. And here there's like a crackery kind of crustiness that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that unlike what you are hypothesizing about the future of this beer, for me, the enjoyment's going to start going down steadily because mm. this is about as sweet as I want this to get. And as yeah. it warms up, I'm going to get more of that chocolatey.
1: I would argue that you'll get
0: more roastiness from the coffee as it warms up. Maybe. That might be true. I just know the cold has a way of masking so many flavors. And I think often those flavors tend to be sweetness. Sometimes, yeah. Or, or sharpness, too, like a bitter, like a coffee bitterness could totally be being masked by this. And, temperature. If that,
1: and if that comes out, that for me would just make this beer even better. 100%. I yeah. think it
0: could use more sharp edges and less of this smooth velvetyness that you mm-hmm. described. But what I'm getting now, I do super like.
1: Yeah, no, this is fantastic. The mouthfeel is soft and subtle it's not so thick that it's super coating yeah it's got a really nice mouthfeel and consistency and the just the sip is so smooth very nice blend but between that chocolate the vanilla and that subtle nuttiness it almost adds like a peanut brittle vibe on the nose and a little bit the 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 nose is
0: almost hazelnut very nu- okay. Nutella-esque. I could see that. Yeah, there's a really difficult dance that has to be done to strike a balance in mouthfeel and body where it, where it feels thick and full and like a fully viscous big beer, but doesn't drink like oil or yeah. something that coats your entire mouth and leaves a residue behind. And I think even the other stuff I like, if, if none of that was there, just the fact that they've nailed that balance mm-hmm. is very impressive to me.
1: Um, I'm gonna probably butcher this pronunciation, but Ooh. the uh, ferro rocher, the the oh, chocolate kind of. hazelnut candies. I don't know how you use. I've never
0: had one of those. The ferro rocher. Yeah, sure. Everybody knows what you mean. Yeah, a spot on that. I don't think this, we have any listeners in France, nor pretentious enough listeners here in America to correct us. You said noir. <laughs> oh noir. <laughs> noir. Uh, no, I don't know, but I know what you
1: mean. But yeah, the ferro rocher. However sure. you want to say them. That spot on. I was thinking it's almost like a. A wafery, because you know that those have those crispy bits in the the middle that are like a, a wafery, yes. cookie, crackery type thing. Totally spot on. I would compare this to a, a beer formulated that candy.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I think you're hitting the sweetness. Like, imagine those being very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's it's we're drinking this out of a pint can, by the way. Um, that's what it came in. We're drinking it out of glassware, but um, that's a big big amount of this beer. Mm-hmm. If you see this in a bar, you're going to be given an eight or a 10 ounce pour for sure. Um, Which I think is correct. I think 16 ounces would be too much. I think it'd be overwhelming. I would drink the whole thing. Would you really? Yeah. I like this a lot. I mean, I do too. I just, yeah, for me, it'd be too much. But Mm -hmm. I do really dig it. Is there anything you don't like about this? I think I would like
1: more coffee coming through just to take the edge off that sweetness. But that's a nitpick because the level of sweetness isn't a super con for me right now. Okay. It's definitely in the pro category. Uh, it doesn't, it's not cloying to the point where I dislike it. So t- definitely happy with the sweetness. Anything else I dislike, I don't think so. I think this is another really, really high caliber stout from Timberales. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair enough. Um, just a quick little bit of fact checking here. The candy you're describing is an Italian confection. Oh,
1: not French, um, okay.
0: No, which is why you're going to not have to deal with the raw sound. Um, and the way we pronounce it is frer- oh, dang it. Mm-hmm. Frero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. We have to say Italian. Ferrero Rocher. (laughs) See, that makes more sense. (laughs) Um, Um, Ferrero. Ferrero? Do you want to know how the internet says you should pronounce it? Yeah. Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. That was a very Americanized accent. Uh, Ferrero Rocher. And the only options are American or British, and here's the British. Ferrero Rocher. Which is not correct. Ferrero (laughs) (laughs) Rocher.
1: So like Ferrari. Ferrero.
0: Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. Okay. Yeah. yeah, those are great. By the way, I love those. I will try one if they taste like this one? beer. No, I don't think so, man. It's not like I. I don't really go in, which is maybe why I'm not as on board with this beer as you are. Like, I don't really go in for the really overly indulgent chocolate mm. flavors.
1: They're known as one of the more like subtle, sophisticated kind of like bougie upper tier. I know. I'll buy you some for business. It's like
0: Toblerone. Toblerone? I don't even know. Toblerone? No.
1: Stop um, it. L- Toblerone. Right. Do you like those?
0: They're good chocolate. It's a good Swiss chocolate. It's very nice. Do you know when people are like, you get like a bar of chocolate and it's like 20 bucks and it's like 70% cacao from yeah. Brazil. Like I don't touch that stuff. Oh, I love that. I, you I, right. I right. Right. Which, Which is what I would have guessed. I can't stand it. It tastes like trash to me. <laughs> like why are you? It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. It's personal preference. It's all good. No, stellar beer. I'm into it. Are you ready to rate it or do you have anything you don't love about it?
0: I just think, I think it's slightly skewed when it comes to the balance of sweetness to um, well, it's all sweet, isn't it? I, I mean, I guess I mean like the the chocolate sweetness as compared to the balance with the yeah sharper kind of bitter coffee notes. I want a little bit more of that, so it's not quite so sweet. Um, it's even less subtle than I'm making it sound. It's too sweet for me by quite a bit. There you go. But I really like it. It's just it's even the, the amount that I have in my glass is probably as much as I'd want. I've got maybe two ounces left. Mm. All right, I'm taking um, care of the rest of this can. Deal, buddy. Let's give it a yeah. Let's give it an out of ten though. I'm ready if you are.
1: Out of ten for me, it's a it's a nine one.
0: It's this very is good very good. Like I'm shockingly impressed by how good their stouts are. Yeah, I mean we're that's two for two at this point for you. Yeah, um, and for me as well because for me it's an eight. It's still really really good. Just too sweet for me. I, I like you said earlier the one that we did Chasing Darkness um, a year and a half ago was a was a nine because it just crossed that threshold a little bit more into I think more of a balanced drinking experience and this feels a little bit tilted one way. It makes sense. I hope there's no lactose in it. Did tell you. I hope. Yeah. Um, but, okay, you got anything else on 4 Everett? No. Let's put it to bed and uh, wake it up later with Lumberjack style. Okay, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try 4 Everett or any other beers from Tim Rails, we want to know what you think, so please don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, take a picture of yourself drinking it or whatever beer you're drinking right now and tag us on
1: your Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. You should already be following us. If you're not, go do it. Please. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Up next is a trailer for Jordan Peele's third movie, Nope, but don't worry. There's no spoilers in this segment, so stick around. What if I told you that today you'll leave here Different. Pops.
0: pops! I'm talking to you. Bro, what you see? Someone above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever kill pops is out there? Right here, you are gonna witness an absolute spectacle.
1: So what happens next? Are you ready? Uh-huh. Are you ready? <laughs> Here we go! Run, okay! Run! Hmm.
0: No. This would be an opportunity. I'm talking rich and famous for life.
1: There's plenty of videos for flying
0: shit online. Ain't nobody gonna get what we gonna get. What we gonna get? The money shot. What's up? Undeniable proof of aliens on camera. The Oprah shot. You guys gonna tell me what's going on? Hell no. no. i something out here, and you're the only person in the world that can get it on film. A cloud hey moved an inch. It's aliens. They're just waiting for the perfect time to shove
1: metal probes up our asses.
0: I'll be rooting for you. I
1: think we pissed them off.
0: Yeah, they, they repainted your house. They're gonna come back. You ready? Huh? We got some work to do. Not it. Nope. I'll get him out. And I'll get the shot. Jenna tell me, what did you see in that cloud? Well, it's not what you think. No! They took him. They took him home. I've got to get out of this house. I'm, I'm trying to save me. you. My brother is out
1: there. I don't think they take you if you don't look at it.
0: But no! don't look, don't look. dream you're chasing. We you end up at the top of the mountain, it's the one you never wake up from.
1: You'll be getting a call from my supervisor asking how my service was.
0: Five stars, Angel. Five stars.
1: Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be available tomorrow morning to stream at 7 a.m. wherever you get your podcasts, like I said. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough... Go listen to the rest. It's exciting. You'll love it. Trust me. What you just heard was a trailer for Nope.
0: Johnny Summers, like you said earlier, this is the third film from, in this case, writer-director Jordan Peele. Uh, If you're not familiar with the name, uh, maybe you would know him originally from Key and Peele. He was a comedic skit sketch writer and has turned into often horror uh, sci-fi concepts of films. This is no different. This is a sci-fi horror Western movie that he wrote and directed himself. It stars Daniel Kaluuya as Otis Jr. and his sister Emerald, played by Kiki Palmer. You also have Stephen Yoon playing, uh, well, we'll get into the characters in a minute, but Stephen Yoon's here, Brandon Perea, Michael Wincott, and uh, Keith David deserves a shout out as Otis Sr., the father of the ranch that I mentioned earlier. And after a mysterious downfall of... Metallic objects that kill the father of the ranch. The two siblings are left to take over and kind of manage in what is an increasingly struggling uh, Hollywood horse ranch that has historically given movies, given horses to movies to do stunts. And and they're in a world where now CGI is kind of taking over and it's increasingly less, uh, you know, financially viable to use real horses. Um, And as these things are happening with their financial lives, they also encounter what seems to be something extraterrestrial floating around in the near atmosphere, kind of messing with everything in their lives. And they need to get to the bottom of this. It uh, came to theaters, by the way, July 22nd, 2022. It runs two hours and 11 minutes. And I want to give a quick shout out to the cinematography here by Hoyt Van Hoytma who is probably most famous for working with Christopher Nolan quite a bit on like Tenet. He's going to be on Oppenheimer. He also worked on Dunkirk and things of that nature. It's a it's a very cinematic driven movie. It's so he's sh- pretty good is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it was shot on IMAX cameras. I didn't, I wish I would have seen it in IMAX. I didn't have a chance to. Uh, where did you see this movie, Johnny? Uh, just here in Chico at the Tinseltown. Did you see In it? a regular, okay,
1: sure. yeah, just a regular film.
0: Um, another movie, we've had a couple of these recently that you and I have been very excited about, looking mm-hmm. forward to. You, I know, were very stoked on Get Out. Most people were. It was a fairly accessible movie thematically. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's to have gotten more into the realm of themes and a little bit less spoon-feedy especially when it came to us and i would argue this movie as well um what do you think of us i can't remember what you said uh i was kind of middle of the road on us okay yeah did it have anything to do with that lack of thematic clarity potentially a little bit yeah okay where'd you come down on nope so
1: nope i you know obviously you go in with the the preconceived things you have in your mind about the first two films mm-hmm. love get out was less stoked mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. nope so very excited for this hoping for a lot seeing what he could do with his third film um i really thought that this movie was kind of i don't want to say it's not a return it was a simplification for him it felt like it really took a step back in a good way where it wasn't just steeped in obvious metaphor okay where the 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 culmination of that metaphor isn't so obvious for me it was it was a way more direct science fiction horror film which i really enjoyed i loved that he kind of took the genre and made it his own but didn't Overcomplicated. like this movie was simple in a lot of ways but in a lot of really good ways I love a lot of like almost every shot was just I mean it's a feast for the eyes yeah, yeah. this movie was absolutely amazing to look at the colors the scenery the cinematography was top-notch it was great so uh you know and and there was just enough of plot and and misdirection and suspense and scary stuff it was very engaging, very gripping. It was a really fun movie to see in a crowded theater. Um it was it felt out of character for Peel, though. In, in what my, way? In my opinion, that it was not uh, rife with like on the nose metaphors. Like if you look at a movie like Get Out, okay, that movie's full of very direct metaphor. Sure. And you kind of are left to interpret that in your own mind. And a lot of it's a very direct conclusion that you're, yeah, that you're, you're meant like, this to this get This is to- what he's saying. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So it's almost like over the course of his three films, he's constantly... The knob for metaphor and spoon feeding started at 10. Mm-hmm. And it's gone down every film. And this one, it's at like a three.
0: Okay. Are you saying that there are less obvious metaphors here or there yes. is a lack of metaphor in There's general?
1: There's less obvious metaphors. And I I've... I've read one review. I hate reading reviews about movies before okay. we do it, but that there is a lot of metaphor buried just under the surface that you can peel back pun intended and get to to that. And I interpret this movie fairly literally sure. and absorbed it as a pure sci-fi horror film and I liked it for what it was. It took me a couple hours to figure out what Jordan Peele just did to my brain. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. That's the mystery I want where I'm like, what just, How did you just what just happened yeah. to me? And, you know, Daniel Kaluuya is amazing in this movie. I thought he was so beautiful in his understated acting. Mm. You know, he was clearly carrying the the brand of the strong silent type, which has been an, an archetype in every Western ever? ever. Yeah. So I love that that archetype was injected into this film. Uh, I thought his interactions with Kiki Palmer at times were, you know, infuriating because she is such a unique over the top personality. She's so vivacious and not, you know, I, she's such a unique character in this movie. I thought that the the love they shared was, was indicated in such subtle and caring ways that only like a real brother and sister would really understand so their connection felt more like than just acting it was really well written and i loved the the interactions between them Uh, and then you have some of the more tertiary characters coming in and out there's a cinematographer at one point there's a an it guy from a fries that i loved
0: yeah by the way if you're listening like in in the future fries went out of business in 2021 it's like a best buy kind of Mm, if you're listening in the there's still a fries? No, there's not. There's not a fries in Sacramento. February 2021. Wow. Uh, and if you're listening in the past, it's like Circuit City. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. I think that covers everything.
1: Or if you're listening now,
0: <clears throat> sure. There's no Circuit City still. Nobody can listen in the past. Uh, it's just you know. All right, fine.
1: <laughs> uh, so I loved, I loved Kaluya in this. I loved Kiki Palmer. Um, I thought it was really well written. There was a lot of care in every aspect to this movie from the the clothes wardrobe is the fancy word I'm looking for from the wardrobe to the color palettes to the contrast like I said feast for the eyes uh, feast for the mind well written well acted Uh, I think I'm a big fan
0: of this movie sweet dude I I think you're hitting on something that I really enjoy about a lot of his stuff which is that you can basically watch this movie and take it as a fun sci-fi alien movie But unlike Get Out, which which Get Out, even if you don't read into the themes of like all the stuff with race and everything that movie's about, you can just watch it as a thriller and it works. Mm -hmm. But here, if you want to dive into some of the stuff about like exploitation and representation and like uh, fame, culture, like that's all there, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it. You don't have to ingest that to understand or appreciate the movie rather.
1: Yeah. Um, Those metaphors don't make or break the movie.
0: No. Well, I would argue they do make it. I think, so I did a lot of thinking about, I saw this yesterday maybe the day before two days ago yeah um and i think the more and I, this sticks this is true with get out it's true with us and it's true with nope the more you think about the this movie and the more you think about the themes that he presents the richer the experience is hmm. and i've got a lot of stuff i'll probably talk about when we get into spoilers i but, would love <clears> it i want you to go deep yeah i think daniel clear is great here the cinematography is amazing um there's there's the movie opens with a quote from the bible and it's not like it's not like one of the top 40 hits from no, the they bible went, it's it, not they went oh it's destiny. not your uh, your uh, love is patient love is kind it's a it's a quote i have it here somewhere no. from from the book of nahum, <laughs> nahum. Um, and it's i will pelt you with filth i will treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle and the movie opens through a projector basically you don't know it's a projector at first but you're looking and then it kind of segues into this footage of of an old tv show Uh, like a sitcom sort of thing where like the gist of it is like a monkey is like a chimpanzee is part of the family. And that goes horribly, horribly wrong. The chimpanzee ostensibly murders everybody. It's a sure sign that nothing in this movie is going to go great for the people in it. And I love that kind of setup because it puts you on edge. It's like a crazy one, two punch. It's like, this is not okay. That's it. And then what happens with the dad of the ranch is that he dies immediately. It's like monkey freak out, dad dying. It's like not a happy movie. It's spooky. It puts you on edge. I think the first half of this movie, when he kind of peel takes the less is more approach. Like You don't see too much of what's in the sky like you don't really know what's going on. I think is the strength of this movie for the most part, mm-hmm. though the thematic loops that get tied up by the end also work really well. But my initial reaction to this movie was a little bit dumbfounded because I felt like I knew what it was doing the first half. And then it pretty dramatically changes, not in tone or anything, but in, in the way that it begins to explore the themes that it's laid out in the first half. Um, which I found only rewarding after quite a bit of um, steeping. That's fair. But I thought it was great. Um, I, I also loved Us, by the way. A yeah. lot of people didn't like Us because it was a little bit too ambiguous for people. I think mm. it's pretty ambiguous too, but I love that kind of stuff. I like being challenged in the movie. I like not being spoon-fed necessarily. Well, there's not a lot of mainstream directors that are challenging us very no, much. No, it's part of the reason I love Tenet. Speaking of Hoyt Van Hoytema, because uh, it's not quite straightforward and it's not just your, your superhero blockbuster. His name is so made up. I don't know what that name is, which, by the way, the the cinematographer you mentioned who comes into play is, is played by Michael Wincott here. He plays um, a director and cinematographer named Antlers Holst.
1: Was he the guy from Robin Hood, Prince of Thebes?
0: I don't think so. I got it. I'm going to yeah, check it out. That guy um, but yeah, the other person I wanted to shout out that we haven't spent too much time talking about is Stephen Yeun here. And he plays, yeah, Ricky Jupe Park. He's, uh, he's the owner of the theme park Jupiter's Claim, which I believe is named after uh, a character that dude played on a movie when he was a kid, the movie is called kid sheriff. And he's also involved in the sitcom when the Gordy chimpanzee incident happens. He's, he's like, basically as far as we know, the only survivor. That's not true. It's not true. But we don't know that yet at that time in the spoiler free portion of this movie, oh, we don't totally uh, know that. but it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Do, it doesn't spoil too much. Um, and, and the fact that he's like made this, um, theme park essentially out of his 15 minutes of fame, called Jupiter's like claim to fame. I think, um, and then the way that gets brought into the extraterrestrial aspect of this movie, I think speaks so intensely to like what Jordan Peele trying to get at with our desire as like a, a modern culture to like be famous or, or like milk every little bit of, you know, popularity out of a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a through line throughout this entire film that I think comes into play and is often the destruction of m- many people certainly many people's aspirations if not their their lives a lot of people that are only striving for that yeah totally man um so i think yeah i mean we could we're going to talk more about this but i think we're probably getting close for our radio listeners that's fair Um, so do you have anything else you want to add about note before we rate it
1: uh sitting with this movie for as much time as possible before coming to a final conclusion is very important yeah i really honestly didn't know how i felt about this movie in a communicable way until maybe 15, 20 minutes ago.
0: When we started talking about it? Yeah.
1: No, it requires a lot of, of, of rumination, man, this movie, it's a lot and it, it doesn't feel like a lot when you watch it. And Mm -hmm. that's part of why I felt cold on it at first, because it felt over straightforward, straightforward, oversimplified Mm -hmm. where you had the ambiguity, ambiguity of us and, it's just, it was a lot. So sit with it. Yeah. Don't make an immediate conclusion. Just meditate on this movie for a day or two and then tell people how you feel. I have to go back and tell people at work, don't listen oh. to what I said this morning. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like, how's the movie? How's the movie?
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was like, man, it was fine. One of the other things I really love about certain films that don't spoon feed you is that they make for the best movies to talk to people about. Mm-hmm. Like, I love a movie when you can leave the theater with a friend or two, or even meet up with people later that have seen it and be like, hey, what did you think of the ways And then you guys can bounce ideas off of each other. Um, I think at their best, movies can let people do that and start a podcast. And start a podcast, exactly. Okay, let's give it an out of 10. Johnny Summers, nope. What you got? I'm going to give it a. I think it's an 8.7. 8.7. For me, it's a 9. It's going to be one of my favorite movies of the year, I'm pretty sure. And we can talk about more uh, why that is the case in a minute. But for now, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, of course. Maybe you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM. Nope is probably in a theater near you. If you see it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram, of course, at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Or you can send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And
1: to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next week and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's chat, which includes spoilers for Nope, a review of that second beer, Hot and Bothered, and much, much more, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe this year, show, Fresh Ops Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your favorite podcast app, we'll be right back. Danger, danger zone, zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger zone, danger, zone, danger, zone, danger,
0: zone uh, danger zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone, part of the now exclusively just the podcast. By the way, if there's any radio listeners that finally made the transition, you came onto a podcast platform, never done it before in your life, had to download the podcast app from the cloud on your iPhone, even though it was already there. Welcome. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where we talk about spoilers for the movie of the week. We're talking about Nope. So if you haven't seen it, go ahead and see it and then come on back and finish the discussion. Cause we're going to spoil the living daylights out of this movie to some extent. Absolutely. And I feel you have way more ready than I do. I have more stuff that I want to talk about, not necessarily just to spoil plot points, but thematic stuff that has become more clear to me having marinated with the movie for a little bit. Lead the way on this magical movie journey. All right. Well, so I guess I guess where I want to start like like Jordan Peele movies are so dense with themes that I almost, it's like watching a Darren Aronofsky film. When I came out of Mother, I was like, all right, well, like what are the themes? Like what is he trying to say for one? <laughs> and if nothing specific, though, I think that movie was. What are the themes that run through the entire thing? And and the big ones here, I think the first one at least is exploitation. Like we get hammered over the head with the idea that like this horse ranch was was the first jockey who was ever filmed in motion picture and, and that person never had a name. And they invented in this movie. It was Alistair Haywood. Uh, in real life that jockey's name is unknown oh wow we, we don't know that we do know the name of that director uh who i thought i wrote down but maybe i did not i swear i did He's I don't know why. super I famous right well yeah his name was uh, edward Moybridge, and he spelled it in a very weird way e-a-d-w-e-a-r-d weird is in the name um anyways that was in like the 1870s it was like the first recorded basically movie um and it was like a bunch of short pictures that they cropped together to make a moving picture so it was like 20 pictures or something like that uh, i think it was like 12 oh wow but yeah um but i could be wrong there's different accounts slash i don't remember right um, i remember seeing 12 or so in the movie i think yeah maybe
1: but who knows if that was you know historically accurate totally
0: um so anyways it it establishes this theme of of like product over people mm. which is a huge thing in like Capitalism and in, in movie making, it's all about sort of getting the shot and like what you have to, and that comes getting the shot as a theme comes up quite a bit in this movie too. Um but I just feel like the way they start off by by really hammering us over the head with this is what's important to these two main characters, is such a driving point for their character motivations. Like they put themselves in a lot of danger to I mean, arguably they're saying like, we're trying to save the ranch, which is probably true, but also like, we're going to make a name for ourselves and like regain the name that was lost to our fictional ancestor. Um, this keeps coming up. Like you have the moment where the director antlers Holst, they get the shot. Finally, like they get the shot of this UFO alien creature. And instead of being satisfied, he's like, Oh, the light, it's almost golden hour. And then he goes and dies. He gets sucked up into its mouth and he just dies. Um, and same with like the TMZ biker, you know, that shows up last minute and his like reflective helmet and he gets in a crazy biking accident and is like talking to Daniel Kalia's character. He's like, where's your phone? Like, aren't you filming this? Yeah, how are like, you dying like, to film me? Yeah. It's like, dude, you need help. Like you need to get some medical attention. And instead of that, he's just like, no, you got to like take a picture. At take least. a he's picture just- of me. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. And it like, that's the whole through line of this entire thing is like spectacle. People love spectacle, which comes back to the intro from the Bible verse, which again, I will read for you. I will pelt you with filth. I will treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle. Bible talk. In, if we're talking Bible lingo, spectacles, no good. Mm-hmm. Spectacles are not fun. They're meant to like strip people of dignity and like just just for the sake of others' entertainment. It's also worth noting that like in biblical history, spectacles like even the people that see them don't always do great. Like like Sodom and Gomorrah was a spectacle. Mm-hmm. In in the traditional Bible sense of the word, and those people all dead. The Gordy incident with the chimpanzee—that's a spectacle. Yeah. Everybody does really badly in that. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Jordan Peele opens the movie with being like, "I will make you a spectacle," and how that ties into our culture's obsession with making spectacle. We have to have, we got to show something so cool and like, look, here's something I can see. Like we're gonna mm-hmm. exploit anybody we can to get this. Yeah, getting the Oprah and shot. We'll yeah, get the Oprah shot. We'll put ourselves in danger. It doesn't matter. We're gonna have this really cool moment. Um. I don't know, man. I feel like it just says a whole lot about foreshadowing. Like, this is going to go so wrong. You get, you get the Bible quote, you get the Gordy Massacre, and it's just like, yeah, spectacles are about to be had. It's gnarly. I mentioned earlier that the movie opens up after that. When we get in between the Bible verse and the Gordy Massacre, we get, like, some weird shot through, like, a long square. And it's like, what is this? And then it's like a projector, you think. It's like billowy walls on the side of a projector. Later in the movie, we realize not a projector. That is the mouth-slash-eyeball of the ufo slash alien um which is crazy because it sets up a theme of like we learn later on through oj that like when you look at it in its eye like that's when it's going to eat you and the fact that we like come into the movie through that perspective is like the moment we look our own ambition into the eye and like that's that's our demise is such great thematic motifs i think um let's see what else i got here um oh yeah, there's this like floating shoe that happens in the Gordy. Did you catch oh, that? yeah, it's like a shoe when we're getting the flashback of the the sitcom mascara with the chimpanzee. It's just kind of like standing on its heel, mm-hmm. just floating there, creepily. Yeah, like like almost fake. And and that's what I that's what caught my attention. And we understand that we're then looking at that shoe in in additional flashbacks through the perspective of Jupe, the kid of Stephen Yoon's character, mm-hmm. and. I think that's probably what kept him alive. He was like, f- whether it was there or not, like he was looking at a shoe and didn't notice maybe like the bloodthirsty chimpanzee. Cause you get the feeling if he had looked at that champ, like it was in kill mode. Yeah. Like, it might've killed him. And this idea, like we are escaping sure destruction just by like knowing that we're working with like, we're working dangerous animals. Like this shit happens when the chimpanzee loses his thing, when the horse freaks out, even though it was just like, yo, chill out. And then they're like, no, it's a prop. And then people don't appreciate the gravity of working with real forces out of their control. Mm -hmm. And it climaxes with this alien UFO and ultimately kills basically everybody, except for the people that are smart enough to realize, like, no, like you are the apex predator. I'm just gonna keep my head down and focus. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I also really like the touch that we finally get the shot of the alien at the end through the well camera that shoots up and those pictures coming out were very reminiscent to me of that initial shot of the horseback ride of the jockey. Mm -hmm. There's like six or seven of those frames that come out and the final one is the the Oprah shot or whatever. Um, Just a lot of, yeah, a lot of that thematic stuff I really, really enjoyed. I love that.
1: Yeah. I need to meditate more about movies because I I get all that and it makes total sense. And I, I love thinking back on the movie with that perspective. Sometimes it's easy Sometimes it just comes to me. Sometimes maybe I just didn't want to think about this sure. movie. It wasn't yeah. in the right headspace or whatever, but...
0: Yeah. I Yeah, I love how much it's about ego. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so crazy to me that, like, Stephen Yeun's character, um, Ricky, I'm going to call him Jupe because that's kind of that was his name of his character on that movie. But, like, he basically created a theme park based around a fictional character he played in a movie when he was a kid and called, like, Jupiter's, Jupiter's Claim. Mm-hmm. Which I assume means claim to fame. Jupiter's Claim to fame. But, like, this, like, shitty movie that came out. And he's using an alien encounter and ignoring the risks of that and like bringing people in and be like, look at my alien, like, like, look how relevant I still am mm-hmm. crazy to me. But like, that's how everybody is in this in varying degrees. Like even the kid from fries is like trying to be relevant, like trying to help out. And like, he wants to, he has his own theories on aliens. It's like maybe it's this or the director. Like he's like, no, I can have my fucking perfect shot instead of editing animal documentaries for forever. Like the ultimate animal, the alien. Yeah. Um, Outside of thematic stuff, I really love the conception of the UFO not being a UFO, but being a living creature. So yeah, that was cool. wild. When it started changing shapes and like became billowy, and he, what a cool idea. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to just be one thing. No. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I was hoping Jordan Peele didn't just make a saucer with aliens. Totally. In it. Like yeah. He's, yeah, he's better than that, obviously. And yeah. he proved it. Like his execution of that was- yeah. Surprising at the end, like whoa, that alien yeah. was remarkable looking.
0: Yeah, which is totally like, of course we're not gonna have it right. Like they're not gonna be humanoid, probably yeah. if they're out there, which they probably are.
1: Yeah, um, and all those shots of people getting sucked up into it. Yeah, dude, those were from from settling. the interior. Yeah, and getting like
0: smushed and and digested. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess where I'm caught up on, I'm looking for some thematic links between like, because we're also like only black owned horse farm ranch in like Hollywood. Like why why did the alien choose that ranch? Like why why are we getting that part yeah. why did it not choose a different ranch like it, maybe there's something there but i don't know what that is yet and also like why did it decide that one horse wasn't enough anymore and it was going to go for a ton of people yeah maybe it's just like you know taking over more territory i don't know i don't understand alien minds well it kind
1: of the behavior became a little bit more clear when daniel kaluuya's character
0: figured out that it was an animal and it was territorial. I think it figured. He figured that out right after it sucked up like all of the, you know, the the what do you call those people? C- customers. Yeah. The the attendees. Yeah. Of the, the yeah. theme park. The patrons of the theme park. Yeah. But yeah. It ate all those people first. Yeah. So like, I don't know that he noticed it, and then it changed. Right. It changed, and then he noticed. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, but then the behavior of the the thing in the sky kind of makes more sense because at the right after that happened, he kind of figured that out it essentially peed on their house. Like it, it delivered waste. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's a predator marking its territory. Dude, but
0: it wasn't even like, it wasn't just purely excreting it. Because yeah. In the past it had gotten rid of like non-organic materials, like yeah. metal, like keys and coins. It dropped like bones and blood. Like that was yeah. not just peeing. It was like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was marking its territory, but it was like more aggressive than just peeing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, very intense. Yeah,
1: super intense. Want to watch this movie again, big time? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mind seeing it in an XD theater.
0: Yeah, I would. I want to see it in IMAX. That'd be cool. IMAX. I've been learning a lot about it today. the The aspect ratio is the big one for me. Like an IMAX movie theater, no one's going to care about this because they can't see. But like this is a normal theater, yeah, something like this. Like a, yeah, like a, look almost a rectangle a two to one. IMAX is more like this. Okay, which is I expanded it upwards for anybody mm-hmm. who can't see for everybody so see. becoming more square than rectangular yeah not to square obviously but like it's just huge mm-hmm. and then i could just picture like the western shots in this movie just looking so grandiose on an imax screen yeah. and on a true imax screen there's people that kind of lie limax is what they call it mm. um and there's like a bigger screen it's not a bigger screen it's a different screen it's a different projector it's a whole different system it's shot on different film yeah different film yep so, or, or different digital elements however they do it but is the one in Sacramento a LIMAX or an IMAX? No, it's an IMAX. there's, oh, wow. a, well, there's a couple. Um, I believe there's two r- proper IMAX theaters in Sacramento. There's one in Reno. There's a bunch in Southern California. There's like zero in Alabama probably. Don't know why I thought of Alabama. It just seems like a place they wouldn't have it. Fair. But I don't know. They might in like larger. I bet you they got one in like in larger. Mobile? No. Probably not Mobile. <laughs> but somewhere. Name another city in Alabama. Montgomery? There you go. I don't think it's there either. Okay um anyways that's i think kind of the most of the notes that i wanted to hit i just like some of that dense thematic stuff mm. um do you have anything you want to spoil in this hmm. i mean i think we kind of spoiled everything there is to spoil the final alien battle we haven't really not a alien battle but yeah, we haven't really talked was, about that final standoff like yeah. the brother and sister kind and it of wasn't together. even a battle
1: i i will say the one thing i thought outstanding in this movie that there wasn't one firearm Nobody, no dumb okay. person thought sure. it'd be a good idea yeah. to like wield a gun against is that this true? Thing. Not one firearm. Think okay. about it.
0: I am thinking about it. You, are you Okay. It I could hit. have sworn there was like one moment where, dude, I think there is. I think there is. I think it's when it's raining outside. It's right before the house gets bloodied and uh, the kid from Fry's comes inside and grabs a gun. I'm grabs almost, a knife. Oh, it's a knife. It's a kitchen knife. Oh, you're right. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it struck me about three quarters of the way through where I'm like,
1: mm-hmm. every other movie, somebody would have, even anyone yep. in this universe would have like wielded Shotgun. a gun yeah, at sure. some point in a futile attempt to make any sort of difference. And yeah. It struck me the absence of firearms. Yeah. It totally. probably
0: means something. It absolutely means something in the context of a Western, yeah. essentially like a neo-Western kind of, um, which is I think uh, even more appropriate reason to call appropriate reason to call that final thing a standoff because yeah. it is. It's it's almost like they're about to have a duel. You like you get the shot of like Daniel Cleary on the horse, like real cowboy style, mm-hmm. and you're almost looking from the perspective of of the alien, like almost through it. It's a very Western duel standoff.
1: Yeah, but it's wild because it's never about any sort of actual duel or confrontation. Mm-hmm. It's all an attempt. To film it on film, yeah. and important to say, if you haven't seen this movie, the mm. uh, alien creature thing eliminates all electricity and electrical devices, yeah. so you can't cell phone record it. You can't, yeah. you know, even closed circuit television. You can't mm. get this on film, and that's why they brought in cinematography. You can't get it on digital film, yeah, yeah, exactly. You need film, film, mm-hmm. hand uh,
0: cranking. Actually, yeah. you could, I mean, because even a lot of film runs on powered cameras, mm-hmm. but you need an old school cranking camera.
1: Yep, exactly, and or that's a, why a the, the director. Was a very important guy to bring in because he had that tech. So yeah, the fact that the whole final confrontation was in fact just an attempt still
0: for them to just get the shot and get famous because they could have left. I, I also that's the thing. I don't think it's a coincidence that the term we're using is "get the shot" mm-hmm. when we're talking about a duel. Yeah, essentially, you right? Know? Um, but yeah, totally. Like they could have had it, except director blew it, and then he because he took the film up with him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he was like I'm gonna no, go. he grabbed a different camera. I thought that was true too, but I think he took the film. And even if he didn't, I think that film got destroyed.
1: No, there was a shot of, of him loading the big of no of um, the fries guy, mm-hmm. Angel, mm-hmm. like falling after he got wrapped up in the tarp and then the film in the canister falls beside him. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I remember I, it vividly. I was like, oh, that's convenient. The are you film sure he landed. took
0: the, the right film? Because I feel like that defeats the entire reason for having to get the final shot. What do you mean? Well, Yeah, they don't need it at that point. I thought they went to get to the well. Like Daniel Kalia distracted the alien. so Emerald. No, the well
1: was a total improv.
0: I'd have to watch it again. No, it was a
1: total improv. The whole idea was for the director to get the film on the hand crank and then they get it and then Angel is like stashing
0: the film. No, I'm with you up to that point. I just thought that at some point in that scuffle, the film got lost. They knew that. So then um, O.J. has to be like, all right, I'm going to strike this. You can get on the bike, go to the town, get the shot. I'd watch it again.
1: I think it was still... That was, I fe- in my viewing, mm-hmm. I took that whole well shot as a total improv because she sees the coins on the ground and it kind of just comes to her. And then That's she releases true. the balloon. So I felt that was a total last ditch effort. That's a good point. Uh, and then she ends up blowing the thing up, yeah. which was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why then? I guess I guess then then the final if the standoff is like OJ, Alien, Emerald on a line. Why is he like trying, is he like just willing to sacrifice himself so she can get out of there basically?
1: Yeah. He was saying, get out, like go leave. And then no, he stick does with the, get out. the that look, better, look at the eyes and then, yeah, he was sacrificing himself so she could leave. Get on the electric motorcycle. I guess. Get yeah.
0: Out. Yeah. Yeah. That works too. Yep. Yeah. That might be right.
1: And then yep. I interpreted that whole well improv as her not letting her brother's sacrifice go to waste.
0: Okay. Yeah. That works. Oh, and then, then also the
1: still trying to get the shot. Totally.
0: Why was that big inflatable jupe kid filled with helium? That's a good question. That's not what they do. I don't know. They don't do that. They're filled with air. Yeah, they're just air. How, how, would, it, how would it float? It, how would it stay up in the air? You keep it. You keep the air circulating, like the thing on mangrove here in town. They got that big gorilla. On, oh, yeah. on the I that can't be helium.
1: No. It's, it's not just going to float. A, it's a pump. Yeah, it's
0: just going to keep yeah inflating it. So I call it little BS there, but fine. It worked. We'll allow it. Yeah. Um, that's the, all I have on this, I think. That's the one thing that wasn't practical in this it, movie. It's not that it wasn't, you know, the practicals, I don't think what you meant. The realistic. Yeah. I don't care. They're just, that's not the rules of the world. Like, I, I yeah. can accept the rest of the rules, but like, who's that's got fair. that much helium? Yeah. You know, unless it's like sealed that yeah. then you have to refill it like every, how, how long does a balloon stay inflated? Like, a day or two. Yeah, and then it starts coming down. I don't yeah. think so. No. I don't think so, Jordan. Peel, sir. Honestly.
1: Uh one thing I will say before we wrap this movie up and get on to our second beer, uh I really enjoyed how much I was worried about the trailer's ruining ruining this for me and how little they actually ruined. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's what uh, I said yeah did you say that earlier you said no no no. you said weeks ago you're like i'm pissed off yeah i I said i think jordan peele's a smart enough director that he wouldn't put that out there yeah and you were like i don't know i said we'll see i'm very glad you were right yeah me too because i was very worried about that and it did not yeah i me too for yeah for a lot of reasons
1: wow like the 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 scene we have of the fist bump under the table yeah yeah but in the trailer, it, it like looked like an alien. It looked like an alien hand trying to grab you through a window.
0: Totally, and, and it was just so subversive. I loved that. I didn't like, or not that I didn't like. I didn't. I don't understand why we brought back Jupe's childhood co-star after being mangled and deformed by the chimp. Why she was even there that day?
1: He was probably paying her to be there. No,
0: why? No
1: sideshow man like bring no, her in
0: because he, he didn't even he didn't like show her off or anything like like a like a, like a, like a pt barnum situation he
1: announced her to everyone and pointed at her and we all know who she is just but she, like, like everyone she in wasn't the audience like
0: in a, she wasn't like she was covered and like it wasn't because she had her lips ripped off i know dude but like if he was putting on a display it would have been on display like i don't get why she was there for this it's
1: probably the only way she agreed to it is she had to keep her face covered up i don't know man might be the only work she could get. is that really what you think uh, what else is the explanation do you think she was just visiting like no, I think it's probably some theme that I haven't locked into yet about yeah. like, uh, maybe it's her still trying to stay relevant. She totally. Had it totally. Her sweatshirt
0: be. had a picture of her right. whole that's face. That's what I'm thinking. Like yeah, like yeah. She has a chance to come to this new fun, exciting attraction that her childhood co-star is putting on. Like maybe it's her chance to kind of step into the the, the, the limelight. Uh, yeah, yeah, Yes.
1: Stay a little relevant. Maybe she's getting paid for it too. Maybe, yeah, maybe. that's her break, the biggest break she's got at the
0: moment. Maybe uh okay. she got mangled though that was rough. that was brutal man yeah yeah i was happy she was alive but oof i don't know she didn't seem great mm. i guess it's nice to be alive i'd probably.
1: rather have no lips and be alive than yeah me too you know
0: man yeah oh man there's a great scene where Stephen yun's talking about it's crazy to me that he has like a hidden vault just about the gordy incident yeah and he, like you know how traumatic that would be as a kid not to mention it's already a pretty traumatic life being a kid actor i think like, yeah parents having to run you through all that shit yeah But, like, to see everybody you've been working with murdered and almost possibly get murdered yourself. Yeah. And then see that monkey get murdered, chimpanzee. I'm not sure if there's a difference. I think there there is. is. See that chimpanzee get murdered. So much trauma there that I'm sure he's just never dealt with and instead turned it into a theme park. And then we tells them about the story. Um, OJ and Emerald, he's just like laughing about it. Like, they made an SNL skit about it. It's crazy, you guys gotta look it up. Just yeah. the mental disassociation you have to have to Dude. be able to do that. Dude's got problems. Yeah. Talk about not dealing with your PTSD. Also, like, how are you about to like when stuff's clearly going wrong? He's putting on the final um, I can't remember the name of the attraction, but
1: yeah, the aliens. Yeah.
0: And like they're coming down early. He's so focused on putting on a show, a spectacle. He's like, this is all fine. They're just coming down a little early. They're ready. Anybody so in their are we. Right mind is like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. It's gonna go so bad so yep. fast,
1: and it does. Yeah, don't play the game. Do a shot every time they say the name of the movie in this movie
0: or spectacle. Don't or spectacle. they say yeah. spectacle quite a bit? Anytime at home,
1: I'll I'll do that if any somebody yeah. says the name of the movie in the movie oh have, me too you have to do
0: a shot i actually don't do it when i'm by myself but i like that as a concept yeah it's it'd be sad if you did it alone i think yeah but i do think there's like what's we don't have to talk about this now but we could like what's what would be a terrible one because like, so you'd just be taking shots left and right this one that says it a few times but yeah. not a ton yeah you know it'd be terrible it'd be harry potter oh yeah so you'd Be You'd done yeah you just what? slither into bed in yeah. 10 minutes you'd be right? drunk or oh man there's probably a lot maybe x-men yeah maybe we should rule out proper nouns because like they're just going to be said all the time maybe you know, like john wick you can't do that yeah everybody says john wick
1: no kidding it'd have to
0: be something more like more yeah way more specialized remember the titans that happens once in that movie,
1: that's true it only does which once. is great
0: like that's the you want you want once or twice because right. then it's like a special moment like, Ah, like, it happened yeah that'd be fun that is that's a fun game we should put a pin in that deal let's do that okay moving on from nope yeah nice Okay, then let's get beer number two out of the magical mystery cellar. I'm not even going to use that's great. I'm not even putting in a fun sound effect. You did it. Okay, oh, Johnny Summers, what is beer number two from Timber Ales out of New Haven, Connecticut? Lumberjack style.
1: That's not your new favorite sex position. That's a beer from (laughs) Timber Ales. Okay, (laughs) it's a big old stout with a bunch of stuff in it, it's 12%. Lumberjack Style is the reincarnation of their very first homebrewed Imperial Stout. Batch number two has been conditioned on Vermont maple syrup and a custom blend of Vietnamese and Brazilian coffee from our friends at Mostra Coffee.
0: Why does that ring a bell to me?
1: Mostra Coffee's here in California and it's highly sought after. Mox mm. has done stuff with them. Modern Times has done stuff with their coffee and their beers. Highland Park, one of the. Um, Griffith beers that I shared with you had Mostra coffee in it. Okay, sure. So yeah. we've enjoyed stouts with Mostra coffee in it
0: before. Okay, great. Um, this thing pours jet black. It looks, um, I feel like there's a cliche now with imperial stouts that people just say it looks like motor oil. And I'd like to be the pioneers that change that and come up with new phrases. But unfortunately, I don't have that vernacular at my tongue tip at the moment. So yeah. this looks like motor oil with a very thin ring of a light brown head. Roofing tar. That's a good one. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 you looking like there's a tax collector about to come around. You brew up the old tar and feathers. That's right. Um, yours was better. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it looks great. I haven't smelled it yet because I've been talking because I noticed you've been smelling it, but what are you picking up on this?
1: The nose is really gentle. There's not a lot happening. I think this might be too cold to have a really robust nose. On I got it. maple on the nose a little bit there. Tiny bit of maple. I
0: also dipped uh, the tips of my mustache in it accidentally because my cup's a little bit full.
1: Saving that flavor.
0: Um, yeah, there's maple on it. There's a roastiness that I'm getting. And you have now tasted it and you made a slurping sound that is going to be great for anybody that accidentally uh, clicked on this when they were looking for ASMR. But what did? Uh, what do you think of the taste?
1: Hmm. Obviously, maple is the star here. Way more coffee than the first one, which is fantastic. Great. Yeah. Immediately more roasty. Way more robust coffee flavor, a lot less chocolate. It's chocolate still there, but it's definitely second to the coffee, and maybe maple
0: being like third fiddle. Oh, that far down. We're just talking. We're not. We're out of bluegrass. We're not like an orchestra. Yeah, there's not third. There's not third strings in bluegrass. Perhaps are. There are. You ever seen a bluegrass band with three fiddles? That's too many fiddles. Yeah.
1: To yeah, we're playing
0: third fiddle to 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 third chair. Where the hell did that expression come from? Because I've heard that my whole life. Playing second fiddle, is it second fiddle? Yeah, uh, yeah. You play second fiddle to fuck somebody. That, who's I added better. one. Well, the, the expression is second fiddle. That makes sense. Of course, yeah. In in band, I assume in orchestra as well, uh, your parts are divvied up by essentially difficulty or showman showmaniness, showmanshipness. So like flashiness. First, first fiddles the shit. That's where you're at. Yeah, you get yeah. like all the solos, and you get like the most. Um, you know, uh, flashy parts. You're the fiddly diddly rock star. So if you're playing second fiddle, you you know, which is still great. Like up to some of I, I played third trumpet at one point. Well Then I played first trumpet. I worked my way up those ranks. that but, a kid. You know, you can play natural you know, born fucking winner over here, totally bud. Man. Uh, but second fiddle, yes, is is from okay. from that. That's
1: good to know. I,
0: I, I'm more smart. Yeah, no, more <laughs> smarter. So you're saying maple is is not front and center. It, it is front and center, but maybe not the most aggressive or shiny part of this beer. No, I think the I get more coffee than maple right now
1: at this temperature. That might change when it warms up, but definitely heavy on the on the coffee with like subtle chocolatey notes. With like, I get the oh, I get the maple in the nose and a little bit on like on the back of my palate and on like on the exhale.
0: That's a lot, dude. Mm -hmm. That beer's more than the first one. Oh, yeah. In everything but ABV, because I think you said this was 12. 12, They're both 12s, yeah. yeah. Um, 24 total. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to be mostly alcohol by the time this is done. This is a lot. It's overwhelming. This is an overwhelming drinking experience. And I don't know if if this would have been different had I tried it first, but after that first beer, especially, this is uh, incredibly overwhelming.
1: It's a good word. Uh, Overwhelming in what way? Too many tastes, too many smells. Everything's turned up to eleven. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, not nearly as subtle, or no, like a- there's not as much nuance here. Everything is. It seems like there's the it's so stupid. There's this, you remember Smallville? I know that it exists. I never watched it. It's a show about Clark Kent before he was like fully fledged Superman. There's a thing that happens in one episode where he like gets hit too hard or something like with a kryptonite bat or something and he his hearing gets all messed up and he's everything because he has super hearing he's superman mm-hmm. everything is loud all the time he's in like his dad's like you just need to have exposure his dad's a muggle and he's gets he, like puts him in his workshop turns on the lathe and the sky i don't care and the skill saw and it turns on everything and, and clark kent's like it's too much noise and then finally his senses kick in he like is able to pinpoint all the f- all the, the flavors of sound that's not happening here it's Yet. just lathe and power drill and bandsaw all at once this so is, this is
1: like a bad episode of Smallville.
0: There's no such thing number 1. Really? they were there's, probably all bad. I don't remember.
1: I've never watched an episode I remember feeling that it was like a teenage drama. Is this like a young adult series? <gasps> yeah,
0: or, it, looking back it feels very like um what well, I don't even know what a good analog would be like um
1: uh, like um Felicity uh, Gil, Gilmore Girls.
0: But yeah, but like but it's but about Superman. Superman. Yeah. But it was it was not quite as um as like teen heartthrob romance uh, gossipy driven. Okay. Like it was, there was like cool special facts and he was like, still Clark Kent. I actually do. Now that I'm saying it, I feel like maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was just like drama. It was like his drama with like Lana, uh, Lana, does Superman have a Lana of some sort? Not that I'm aware I of. I think in that show he did. It was like okay. Lana and, um, you know, Superman's main Mary Jane. No, you know, his, his, his main squeeze, <sighs> you know, oh, uh, Lois boy. Lane, Lois Lane. Thank you. Yeah. Good God. Um, and there was like Alana, who was somebody and like, I remember her being like a blonde girl and Lois Lane was, uh, Kristen Kruig, I think was her name. Okay. And yeah, they were like 35 year olds playing, you know, 18 year olds or something. Hmm. One of those things. Yeah. That
1: always like, uh, 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. Right. But also one of the best fucking rom-coms ever. It's very good. That movie's so that's, good. That's
0: Heath Ledger and yeah. uh, Julia Styles. Yeah.
1: And, um, Great movie. George Joseph Gordon Levitt.
0: Oh, yeah, I forget he's in
1: that. Yeah, he was such a baby. Have you seen Brick? Have we talked about this? Yes
0: and no. No, yeah, no, and yes. Okay, got it. That's going on your list. Okay, because Brick is the film debut from director Ryan Johnson, who did Knives Out and is going to be doing Knives Out. Too, okay, of course, um, starring Joseph Gordon Levitt. I remember and, you really liked it. it's a it. neo noir sort of crime thriller oh, okay. set in a high school. Where oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a kid who is clearly like not living in reality with all of us, except he is because shit gets dicey and grimy. Mm. It's so good, dude. It's one of the most inventive. It came out in two thousand eight. One of the most inventive twists on a genre I've ever seen.
1: It seems so. Good. Seems like an easy broken promise for me to. Yeah, fulfill. I'll stick. I'll put it on the list. Do it. Okay. All right. So lumberjack style, drink it. You'll talk about Smallville. I think that's the conclusion yeah. that can be made. I've only
0: here. had one sip. I'm going to go back for another, but I will say off the cuff: I'm I'm not super enthralled with this. I think it's it's more. Mm, I was going to say more bark than bite, but that's not even what I'm trying to say. It's uh, it's way
1: less nuanced than the first beer. Yeah, I really liked the the gentle kind of graceful approach that the first beer had with its yeah. ingredients and their combination and the way it affected my palate. This one is is got way more teeth. This is not nearly as as smooth and soft and, and enjoyable of a drinking experience. No. I don't know how much of that is is the aggressiveness of the coffee or the fact that there's just a lot going on.
0: Yeah, for me it's it's the sweetness. And I'm I'm gonna actually go back in this for a second drink here. And I'm sorry I didn't do it while you were speaking there. I was actually adding brick to our letterbox list, Johnny's Future Broken Promises, which by the way is also a bonus series on Patreon where Johnny reviews movies that I say he really needs to watch. And then he doesn't for a long time. And then he finally does. It's very gratifying. So uh, I think there's only been like two that have actually gone back. I, no, watched. I think we've done three. Can you name any of them? <laughs> I'll tell you one. I know den of thieves. You did. Oh yeah. That was good. Um, I'm sure there's more maybe. Right. No, right. that one was the color out of space. Or the, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that was, was good. There's Maybe others. The boys. No, that no, but that would have been a contender had it yeah. not been a show. Yep. Um, inside Lewin Davis is one you got to do soon. There's a lot of good movies on this list, man.
1: All right.
0: Okay, I'm going to take another drink now, finally.
1: Do it. My main problem with this beer right now is the complete dichotomy of sweet and roasty and tang, like sharp coffee. It's tang for sure. Tangy coffee. Yeah. And the it's like if you got a really good espresso drink and just
0: put way too much cane sugar in it. I was just thinking that. If you drank it and then right at the bottom was unstirred, raw cane sugar. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, you know, I'm happy with two out of three for this brewery. This is, this is not a great beer, if you ask me. It's just not balanced
1: enough to be outstanding. It's still better than a lot of stouts that I've had. Agreed. But got to judge it fairly like every other beer we ever do on this show.
0: It's better than a lot of bad stouts I've had. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say it's better than many good ones. Yeah. I think it's below average. Yeah. Um, But a solid swing. Sadly, most maybe it's a bunt when you were going for a home run. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It, it played it safe. Uh, whereas the beer that we covered earlier on our, we already said it on this episode, but that, that beer from Dust Bowl, yeah. uh, I think was going for a bunt mm-hmm. and boy, did they nail it. They yeah. got, they got almost a second and then had to pickle and that go back to first.
1: The beer is the canned version of a sack
0: bunt. What's a sack bunt?
1: That's when you would, uh, advance a runner and plan on getting thrown out at first. You're sacrificing oh, your out cool. just to make the game progress Yeah, you're and help yeah. your team. Wow. Yeah. Cause you can bump for and hit a hit or you can sack bunt sack of course, sacrifice.
0: Sacrifice makes sense. okay like, yeah. I was here, and I don't know what I, I thought you had. Sacabunt your, your crotch like you bat it. With sacabunt, sacabum. <laughs> uh, okay, we're done with this beer, I think. So let's give it a not a ten, shall we? Yeah, uh shockingly low. It's a it's a four point eight for me, and it's a four for me. That's all I have on Lumberjack style from Tim Ales. Do you have anything else? Love everything else we've had. Yeah, still
1: keep them on your radar. Totally. Uh, all beers this week were available at SNS Produce. Thanks again for getting some great beers in, Andy. Appreciate you.
0: Uh, how much was the first and the second beer? They were both around $8.99. Great price for the first one, a little higher for the second one. Agreed. Okay, let's go to Hot and Bother, shall we? Let's do it. Hot and Bother. Welcome to Hot and Bothered. It's a portion of our show where we talk about things in our lives that are not necessarily movies or beer, though they often can be. It's things that have us really excited. Really bummed out, really elated, really perturbed, uh, and everything in between. So John, you want to go first? You got way more stuff than I have. Why don't you give me one first? Yeah? Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. So uh I was put on to a movie called The Sea Beast uh by an Instagram that I follow called Lights Camera Barstool. It is the cinematic branch of the Barstool sports
0: uh internet is, empire. Is that the show where that asshole. Something Portnoy. Dave. He goes around and, like talks shit about restaurants? No. He does, though, right?
1: No, he does one-bite pizza reviews. Okay. That's his claim to fame. I think he sucks. The best pizza he's ever had comes from New Haven, Connecticut. That's a really weird tie-in. Yeah. He is a bit of a douche, right? Like, he seems like a jerk. In most circles, he's he's a polarizing figure.
0: Okay. Where do you land with this guy?
1: Uh, He's... In he's entertaining and he's funny, but he's kind of a douche.
0: Okay, yeah, that that personality doesn't do much for me. But okay, at least I know what you're talking about.
1: But also, like I, his pizza reviews are cool because like I like to live vicariously through him, and just like he's really good at reviewing pizza. He's done like three thousand pizza reviews or something, so he's got like a pretty decent palate
0: with one bite. Does he no, the crust of the nail? No. That's he, that's just what oh, they just what call it. Yeah. Okay.
1: He usually eats the whole slice and then reviews it.
0: That's at least a little better. Yeah. It's like drinking beer and calling like one sip beer reviews. One like, sip. Everybody knows the rules. Yeah. It's so stupid. Stupid. We would never trademark that. No. <laughs> okay. Go. Uh, but
1: anyways, I was turned on to this uh, by that because a lot of times they'll post things um, uh, coupled with their and also like I follow Rotten Tomatoes on Instagram. So like sure. You'll get stuff like, whoa, that's Certified Fresh. It's on Netflix. I've never heard of it. That's what happened with the 2022 animated adventure comedy called The Sea Beast. Okay. This movie, in a lot of ways, and I'll dumb it down as much as I can, a lot of ways, it's How to Train Your Dragon's Ocean Edition, which, if you're like me, you loved How to Train Your Dragon. I love that movie. So give me like more of that energy with... A little bit more adult themes. Like, it says it's PG, but this was, I believe, Ebert. He's the one that's alive, right? Sorry, that seems sacrilegious. I don't know that. I don't know. Uh, I think Roger Ebert is still alive. I think so, too. Um, He was quoted as saying that this movie's um like, surprisingly deep. And I thought that was dead on. Like, it, it deals with some very in-depth themes of, you know, basically like speciesism and um a government rewriting a narrative in order to control the population like it goes kind of like deep and hard about like the ways governments control their their population it was surprisingly deep uh but we had some great voice acting uh from carl urban and uh jared harris that's a weird tie-in for what else is i know right uh yeah the the voice cast was fantastic carl urban Played it great. Uh, Very visually pleasing movie to look at. Runs just shy of two hours. Uh, I think it's rocking like uh, certified fresh, like 90 on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Uh, very, very pleased with that movie. That's got me hot for sure.
0: Okay. So briefly, um, in addition to everything you just said, I will check out this movie. Uh, Roger Ebert did pass away in 2013. Okay. I think you're referencing a review on rogerebert.com. Yes. Which uses a lot of contributory writers. So in this case, I believe the one was a three star out of four review from Brian Tallarico. That makes sense. Cool.
1: Yeah, a lot of times on Rotten Tomatoes, you'll just get like a little snippet. Yep. And it said Ebert ebertsomething.com. But yeah,
0: that makes sense. There's a, yeah, Roger Ebert, I think, has not been writing reviews for quite a while, obviously for the last uh, nine years or so. But even before that. um, He had jaw cancer, I believe. Eddie. At
1: at, at one point, he was missing part of his lower mandible. It was very sad.
0: Is that true? Yeah, he was still doing, was it Siskel or Ebert? Well... I don't know which one had jaw stuff, but I know they both did a show together, and they might yeah. have still been doing it at that point. But yeah, it'd be tough to do after uh, after that. But what I was going to say is that um, up up to a point in his career, Roger Ebert put out books, or his publisher did, or something that compiled his uh, best uh, reviews. Mm. And I've got one of those books, uh, not actually in my bookshelf yet here, but um, it is great. I was I. You can just go back and like really see the ones that he's loved over the hmm. years.
1: He just gushes over. Yeah, he does like,
0: you know, like seven or eight paragraphs and it's just really insightful f- film criticism. I'd love to read that. Yeah. Like, so I did a thing where I, I what's the one that comes to mind? Um, the volume that I have, I can't think of which one it is, but it has like a taxi driver review. So like I watched Taxi Ooh, Driver and then read his review and I was like, cool. oh, that, what a cool, like what a bunch of insight that I wouldn't have gleaned on my own. Um, I love like learning more about watching movies by reading what other people, very intelligent people have to say about that. Totally, It's a good yeah, way to go. Absolutely. I uh, I love that too. Just especially like after
1: we record, like I'll probably read way more reviews of of Nope for sure. Love.
0: There's a few that I really enjoy. Uh, In 2006, Roger Ebert lost his jaw to uh, to salivary gland cancer. Yeah, super sad. Yep. Yep. Anyways, yep. Loops
1: closed. Yeah. Love this movie. Sea Beast was rad. I think you should watch it if you're in the mood for like a feel good, but also like has some punchy Mm -hmm. overtones of you know.
0: Government overreach, basically, is. Oh, really? Pretty, yeah, like right. it goes kind of deep. The uh, the the Ebert website review mentioned uh, How to Train a Dragon, Moana, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Definitely, Does that seemed about right.
1: Strong elements of all three, cool. kind of roped into a, a slightly different, unique package. And this movie definitely had some uh, unique and uh, original things to say. All so right. it's definitely not like a clone of any of those movies. You can feel the influence though, which is fine. Cause those are all three totally. very entertaining things. And so, where, you, sorry, where did you watch it? Netflix, Netflix okay. free to stream, man. It's a clip away. If And it's something I think you could watch with kids. No problem. Sweet. So yeah, cool. What else you got, man?
0: Oh, I thought I said, I was only doing one. Well, I could take it over. Right. Me I just, I just have a one quick one.
1: Uh, and that segues into Carl Urban land. It does. Uh, yeah, I finished season three, of the boys. the boys. the boys. Uh you were encouraging me strongly to not give up on it. Uh, well, cuz
0: very briefly your history on the boys was that you liked season 1, you got lost in season 2 because I think you felt it became too um drama focused and like political, not not even political in the Too much treatments. soap opera. Yeah, soap opera is the term you used. And I said, I don't remember season 2 that well, but season 3 has kicked off uh almost like it's ramped up a little bit, not in the soap opera department, but in like the Kind of stuff that you would typically enjoy, like the over-the-top, like gruesome silliness. Heads
1: exploding, and shit like that.
0: And other stuff that I thought was pretty worthwhile. Yeah. Well, I finished it as well, but you finished it, which surprises me.
1: Oh, yeah. No, we watched that within four days of starting season three. Okay. We hammered it out. Season yeah. three was fantastic. Pretty good. Can't wait for season four.
0: Yeah, they're really just, yeah, they're keeping it going.
1: Yeah. And with, I mean, if the writing stays this good, I agree, I, there was a major lull in season two. But even after the episode I gave up on, I went back to it the episode after that it started a rise and it trended better and that trend didn't stop going
0: upward all of season three. Here's what's crazy to me is that you will give up on a show like the boys after one bad episode but you'll watch something like Outer Range (laughs) for the entire time and you'll be like every episode's bad but I have to finish like what is that why do you do that what is it is it your mood?
1: A lot of it is uh, my queue of content as far as television shows. If I don't have anything else, mm. I'll stay way too committed. Like if anything else would have been even on my radar for a television show, would have never finished of okay. Range.
0: Okay. You know, a lot of people think out of Range is pretty good. I know. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that I love it. I would love your take yeah, on it. I'll check it out. I'm super interested. And also, for as shit as I
1: thought season one was, super stoked for season two.
0: All right. Fair. Because so, you liked the last episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And- it made me reflect a lot on all the other episodes. So it's, it's, it's a wild show, man. Mm. I, I would love you. Was that your, Kevin
0: Costner or am I tripping?
1: You're tripping. Okay. It Who was am I thinking uh, of? Brolin, it was Josh Brolin.
0: Oh, another macho man. Yeah. But I think I'm thinking of like Tombstone. You're Not thinking of Yellowstone. Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyways, great.
1: finished the boys season three. Cannot recommend enough. Super stoked for season four. Glad I went back to it. Great recommendation slash
0: encouragement. Thank you, Max. You're welcome. Um, Very briefly. I, there in, here in Chico, there is a new tap room, not for a new brewery, but farmers just opened up. Farmers brewing out of Princeton just opened up their tap room here in Chico. Uh, today, uh, we're recording this on a, on a Wednesday, so a couple days ago by the time you hear it. And I popped in and I had a beer of theirs called Tree Shaker, which was like a hazy, almost sour beer made with like peaches and cinnamon and um, I think some vanilla. I'm not quite sure. I'm just going off what I tasted. <laughs> but it was like 7.7% or something like that, which I didn't know. Drank like six And I had a couple tacos. It was super great. They're doing a great job for having only been open a few days. I'm sure they had a soft open and kind of got their legs under them. But it's a great space. It's over in Merriam Park, if you aren't familiar. Um, And I'm really excited for what they might be doing in the future. Excellent. So that was my day today. Did you eat? The tacos. Okay. The tacos, Sorry, I was reading. That's okay, I got it. Uh, The tacos were pretty good. They were like a a shredded beef, kind of pretty mellow, like like very... um, I don't often like to draw distinguishments on the lines of race, but I would call this a white person taco if yeah. I had to. Like, you know, that's I had to a put distinction quite a bit I of want. Salsa. Like that one doesn't seem super harmful. Yeah. Um, so like the tacos were good. They weren't particularly spicy. I added I added quite a bit of their they gave me two different sauces, a green and a red, which I appreciated. Um, they came with three of the tacos with um uh what do you call it when you put an onion in vinegar and wait for a while? Pickled. Pickled onions. And like a salsa, like a like a crema type, like an avocado cilantro type crema okay. on top. Nice. Um, and like rice and beans, like a white rice kind of thing. It was okay. Um, but I would, if I was ordering tacos again, like maybe add a little more spice, a little bit, a little bit more flavor. The beer was great. The environment was awesome. Um, can't wait to go back. Nice.
1: Excellent. Looking yep. forward to trying it.
0: Okay. Do you have maybe one more thing
1: you could give me? My last thing. Okay. Cause I had, we had a whole week off. I we got, did. I got some stuff watched and I had like five more things on my list. I had to edit it down. Yes. You did, did, did a lot. Uh Yeah. I watched a movie that came out on Netflix, July 22nd this year. So very, very recently.
0: Ripe off the vine.
1: It's f- not a phrase. No. Fresh off the vine. <laughs> sure. Ripened on the vine. Even. <laughs> uh, it came out July 22nd on Netflix called the gray man directed by the Russo brothers. You know, those guys. Marvel people. They did everything Marvel probably to some extent. For a long time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And it stars your boy, Ryan Gosling, Mm -hmm. and Chris Evans. Which is great. And Ana de Armas. Who is great. That's a great cast. Yeah. Can you give me like the synopsis? When the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none, accidentally
0: uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a hit out on him. Okay, I'm hearing like the Man from U.N.C.L.E. remake and also like Red Notice. Yeah. But less National Treasure. Oh, my God. So much more better James than Red Not- Notice. Man, that was bad. Yeah. So bad. No. Was.
1: Yeah. And it was fantastic if you're a fan like I am of just over-the-top action movies. Mm-hmm. Think John Wick. Think, you know, Red Notice but better. That whole... Style of of like shoot them okay, up. If
0: you're throwing out John Wick, though, like like John Wick is okay. The story is fine. Like everybody sees where that's going. But like John Wick is amazing because of the choreography, and the action. Yeah, is it that great? Sort of fight
1: stuff? scenes in this. Tons of hand to hand choreography. Mm-hmm. Some really cool driving stuff. So like a little Mission Impossible sure. element thrown in there. Lots of of big explosions. Crazy things happening. Weird places where fights should happen. Improvised weapons. At okay, one point, cool. Anna Armas is fighting a guy with uh, an electrical cord.
0: That so, makes sense. So that got
1: pretty wild. Yeah, cool. Uh lots lots of, of improv fights and uh a ton of good writing. I was very yeah. pleased with the script. It kinda it, it was thrillery in that it took a ton of twists and turns mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of blackmail, who's got one up on the other one. Yeah. And it was all tied together together in this nice action-packed bow by a fantastic performance from Ryan Gosling.
0: So I will just throw in my two cents. Ryan Gosling, I think, is is a phenomenal actor in general. I think Drive is one of my favorite movies. He's, mm-hmm. He doesn't get much chance to be fun in that movie, but he's very serious. He can be a very dramatically heavy hitting actor. Oh, he simmers he's also incredibly funny. And yeah. If, if you're wondering, if you're like, Ryan Gosling's not funny, he's the guy from The Notebook. A, you need to watch more stuff. And I will point you first to Shane Black's film, The Nice Guys, with him and uh, Russell Crowe. Right? Is, is I think, like in my top 10 funniest movies ever. It's a great subversion of like the neo-noir crime thriller. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Ryan Gosling is so, so funny. And like, anytime he tries, but he's like that. So is Chris Evans and so is Chris Hemsworth. A lot mm-hmm. of people know Chris, as it turns out. But um, what I would have said is that Weird Ryan Johnson callback too, but in Knives Out, you get you get some great interaction between Chris Evans and Anna Diarmis. Mm-hmm. and they play off each other. Oh, that's great. right. She was in that. And I would have said don't mess with that, but if you had to bring in a third actor, yeah, Ryan Gosling might be the move because he's super charismatic, hot as balls, mm-hmm. like a great dramatic force. Also, and super like it's just great, dude. And he bulked up for this. Yeah, like he is fit. Also, son. I think they shot this while he was filming uh, for Barbie. His hair was pretty blonde. Yeah, which is, if you don't know, like a movie coming out starring uh, Margot Robbie as Barbie. I don't mm-hmm. know what that's going to be. About. I don't even know who's directing it, but... Um, it's going to be weird. It's going to be great and so weird. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I think you should watch The Grey Man. It was super entertaining, so engaging, and um small part from uh, John... Not John Malkovich, uh, Billy Bob Thornton.
0: That's weird to me. That seems like it throws a wrench it, in, the, in the game. Okay, it
1: fits. It cool. fits. He's like the older guy that like got him into the cia out of prison got who into the cia uh gosling's character because the whole concept is gosling's in prison this is the first five minutes okay not spoiling anything gosling's in prison for like 30 years uh and billy bob thornton is like the grizzled senior cia he's like
0: you do this one job for us no he's he's like you work
1: for me you get to stay on the right side of the bars basically and he's like, how long do I have to work for you? He's like, well. As
0: long as it takes. Pretty much. Am I, Is that too? Is that the wrong tone? Is it is it not like as long as it takes? Is it more like until I say so, kid? Well,
1: pretty much indefinitely.
0: Okay. Yeah, sure. Like, it's, it's not like one more job. It's like you owe me. Yeah, it's like now we own you. Okay. Man, that reminds me of something. I can't think of it right now. I blame that. That's fine beer.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I cannot. I would say that one. They're both right up your alley. Honestly, I think okay, you would really great. enjoy both of these movies. Uh, so, if you're looking for quick streamable Netflix content, I think those two are both a win.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was going to suggest Grey Man for the show, but we have our plate pretty full for the next week. So, yeah. uh, we didn't. But uh, fair enough. Do you want to give that a rating? Ooh, the Grey Man. It was like a 7-5. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I would
1: give easily just pops in the mind 100%. 7-5. Do, do you want to give CB's a rating? Ooh. That was good. I really liked it. Um,
0: seven, nine. Okay, great. Because, no, I almost an eight. In, in that order. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else this week, Johnny Summers? Are you feeling good?
1: I am very excited for Sparklegasm. I just did all yeah. the shopping for yeah, it yeah, today. right, right, right. Super excited. And that's that's the last I'm going to say about it. I'm not spoiling anything of what I bought. Sure. I'm very excited. I
0: haven't had a party like this in a long time. Can can you and I now on the fly rhyming points for you and I, um <laughs> stop. Sorry, sorry. Um, come up with a punishment if we see someone drinking beer. No. You saying no punishment?
1: No. Okay.
0: Boom, we just had a break and Johnny said we're gonna kick them out of the party. That's what just happened in the <laughs> edits. Okay. Um, fine, that's fine. Uh, do you have anything else on this weekend? I do have an idea and I want to
1: bounce it off you to see if it sounds fun on the for the party. Okay. And I want to, we're doing it on the show. It's going to be fun. We're doing it now. Yeah. I've seen on, on TikTok and the internet and in places where young people see things where you do mystery tall cans, where you put a bunch of tall cans in brown paper bags okay. and then just put them on a table Okay. and everybody has to grab one and you drink what you grab. Okay. This is my impression of you. No, nope. no, no, you're not into it. No, I don't care. Yeah. What if they're all seltzers? No, I love it. Let's do right. it, dude. I'm a, gonna I'm a do yes it. man. Let's we're going to do, do grab bag seltzers. Uh, I'm gonna give away a prize to the person that brings the grossest or weirdest seltzer. Like, if someone brings like a chicken, fried chicken
0: and cayenne pepper seltzer, dude, I'm I'm seriously concerned about one that I bought, which is the uh, the Warhead seltzer. Like, it's gonna be too. It's gonna be gross. It's gonna be real sour. But I can't wait. (laughs) Um, We should also give out prizes for people if we do that brown bag thing where people guess either the flavor or the brand or whatever. Like,
1: no, it's not drinking it in anonymity. It's the the the. Oh yeah, you. Pick, just, a, okay. pick a seltzer at random. Oh, that's fun. But I was thinking maybe we mix in like
0: a Four Loko seltzer in there. Ooh. Does Four Loko make a seltzer? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yep. Did you get me? Oh, my Lord. Okay. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Okay. Um, next week on the show, we're talking potentially two movies. Number one, where the crawdads sing. Number two, vengeance. You're going to see both. I am going to see both. And there's a chance that if I see them early enough, I might tell you, Johnny, like they're both amazing. You've got to see them both.
1: And if there's no good movies coming out after
0: next week we might spread it out we'll see um do you have any idea what we're doing for beers no clue okay well i will say for our patreon listeners next week we will be putting out our bonus episode on true romance (laughs) we are finally going to get to that again i'm going to watch it again i think it deserves a rewatch it's a weird movie man you should have said something we could have just bought it on voodoo that's true oh well oh well. it was 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 like two dollars yeah it's whatever um okay then for now Thank you, of course, to our people on Patreon. We appreciate it. The show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Big shout out to the handlebar who has, which has, who or which. It's a corporation, but it's also a family. So who has one of the best happy hours here in Chico? Uh, Listen to the commercial at the top if you need the information. Again, my name is Max Minardi.
1: I'm Johnny Summers. Thanks for listening. Be sure and drink some seltzers with your friends like I'm going to do this weekend. Watch some stuff that makes you happy like Grey Man or Sea Beast. And most importantly... Be good to each other. See you next week. Hey, we hope you enjoy. And
0: this is Fresh Hop Cinema.